Tacos was the mission for the day. Sarah had seen a place on Front Street where food trucks parked for the day and sold a variety of food with a bar located nearby. The Fleet is a year-round bar that uses the parking lot outside for a seasonal food truck rally. After we parked several blocks away at an affordable parking lot, $1.20 for two hours, we found the food trucks and roamed around seeking the most creative menu items we could find. At Happy Tacos we found our lunch and placed the order. I had the lamb patty cheeseburger taco, crunchy shrimp taco, and the Korean spicy pork taco. At $4 a pop they didn't disappoint and left me full the majority of the day. Sarah had a similar menu. Once lunch was over we traced our steps back down Front Street and found two shops we had spotted along the way. Sarah took Zoe with her into the basement shop filled with local arts and crafts while I went a few doors down to Nolan's Cigar Bar. This was the only place in Traverse City where a person can sit and have a drink while enjoying a cigar. I went to the room next door and immediately found a wall covered in tobacco pipes and jars sitting on shelves filled with pipe tobacco. Two young men smoking cigars asked me if I needed any help and I replied that I was looking for something unique, something that was blended specifically for the shop. They had an entire case that filled the bill. The man had me smell the blends one at a time and I chose the most popular blends that they offered from Cherry Festival to their downtown blend. I went home with four bags. Looking on the wall before I cashed out, I said to myself that I didn't need a new pipe. I had no use for a new pipe. I really like that red pipe. I think I will buy that red pipe. That was what I did, I asked to see the red bent stem Italian handcrafted by Lorenzo Pipe and it was added to my order. A handful of matches were added to the bag and I was out the door. We passed by Horizon Books and afterwards regretted not going in but time was limited. I found online that they had several first edition and autographed books by Jim in their stacks. We visited a few shops and I found myself in brilliant books looking for some books of poetry by Jim. They had a decent selection, and I bought the two that I felt would be the hardest to come by. At the counter I asked the clerk if he had anything else by Jim that I didn't see and he proceeded to tell me a story. We had a memorial display for Jim after he died. We found a nice smoky picture of him with the dates of his birth and death and set it up in that corner. We thought it would stay out for a month or so but three years later it was still there. We had people coming in several times a week to see it. Then one day someone came in and stole the picture, sneaking it out the door. I paid for my books and the clerk asked if we had seen Jim's house out in Leland. I had to confess that we had not, we only stopped at Dick's poor house and had gone the wrong day to Bluebird Tavern. The clerk told me another story about his mother coming to visit and being from the area. She had taken her son to Dick's and said she knew the owners. He though she was making stuff up because of her age but it turned out she did know the second generation of owners of the place. Once we left I went into the Franklin, a well-known establishment who catered to a small but well-known group people, Jim being one of them. Marilyn Monroe was on the wall along with Sean Connery and Albert Einstein. All of these people had eaten or drank at the Franklin at one time or another. Jim's face was plastered on the wall right in the middle with his cigarette in his mouth and his eyes squinting as if he was thinking what are you staring at. I didn't get to take the place it with the few minutes I had but I did notice the girl working the front desk who barely spoke English and had a French copy of 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Maybe one day he will be added to the wall and I will have another reason to go back and enjoy an old fashion at the bar. Our last stop was at the Cheese Lady and once my wife picked out a few flavors for her mother we left Traverse City happy to not see it again for a while. The traffic, even in the off-season, was thick and sticky like a weird fungus you can't get away from. The cars come to a halt and you sit there wondering when you will be able to move again. The city, like the old insane asylum, is a prison in a way. The only way to really get around is in a helicopter or a small bike where you can weave in and out of traffic and hope to not be caught by local police for riding on the sidewalk, a ticketable offense. 
We went to Sleeping Bear Dunes and took the Empire Trail to the lookout. The idea was to have Zoe walk the three quarters of a mile to the lookout and wear her out so that she would sleep good overnight. Instead she fell asleep in the car ride there and continued to sleep as I carried her to the lookout, uphill. Zoe eventually woke up and proceeded to hoot, holler, and cry at every little thing. The walk back was just like the walk in, me carrying her in my arms while I went up and down the hills to the car. The final hundred yards, all of it downhill to the parking lot, was where Zoe decided to walk the rest of the way. In town, we stopped at Joe's friendly tavern to enjoy some cherry burgers. I asked the waitress if this was a place that Jim had ever gone to. She went into the kitchen where a cook named Matt was working and had been there long enough to remember Jim. Joe's was a known hangout, but we were also told he preferred to go to Art's tavern instead. I wrote off the stop as a success considering how delicious the burger was and seeing that Jim would go here. The beach in Empire reminded me of Lake Superior with large stones lining the shore. People walked along the water picking up stones and tossing them back as if it wasn't up to their standards. The drive back to the cabin felt long and in the end all we wanted to do was enjoy a fire our last night here and drink the bottle of Coates du Rhone I bought a few days before. That night the wind howled and once the fire was burning red coals shot into the air with each gust. Half an hour in and half of the bottle gone we went inside to call it a night. A storm rolled through and the roof shook as sheets of rain slapped down and still this was the quietest night I had enjoyed in a long time. There is something calm about the north, the lack of cars driving past, no sirens in the night from a car crash or shooting, no neighbors leaving at all hours of the night, the only lights that are on are the ones you didn't turn off. I can understand why people flee north into the solitude of a remote country. The few nights of good sleep I have had in the last two years were not at home but in the north in a foreign land that I barely know. I hope to be more familiar with it, learn what it was that kept Jim there for most of his life. It's not difficult to figure out. Life is slow, calm, people live with the seasons and on the lake it is no different from a town on the sea. Cabin fever is a real phenomenon. There are five radio stations to choose from and people still read books. The North is a time capsule to a better time, when people thought about what mattered and sometimes it tortured them to the end.